will begin with a reign of terror. A few murders here and there. Murders of great men, murders of little men. Just to show we make no distinction. To be walking up the stairs with a camera bag that belonged to a young woman that had her severed head in it. I would move heaven, hell, and anything in between to get to you. You wouldn't be safe anywhere if I was mad at you. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. I guess not. Only word was shot and left. <laughs> if it was a horrendous crime, why didn't I shoot them between the eyes, cut their penis off, stick it in their mouth, you know, do all kinds of gross stuff. Only word was shot and left, you know? Hello strangers and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Crime. So if you're new to the podcast, This Week in Crime is where I simply go over news articles from around the world or right here in our good old neighborhood that is the US of A. And I kind of just go over all the weird, strange, or just fucked up shit that goes on in the world today. Uh, excuse me, sorry, I'm, I know I'm drinking on <laughs> while I'm recording, but you know what? actually talking especially talking to no one since i simply do this podcast solo my mouth fucking gets dry a lot sometimes <laughs> if i'm being honest so yeah sometimes i will be i ugh, why did i sound will be <laughs> sometimes i will be uh taking a few drinks here and there because my mouth does tend to get dry but anyway so yeah um a big thank you to rocky the collector who follows me on the instagram which is strange talk podcast on insta uh big shout out to him because without him this episode would not have been made so he contributed a good chunk of what i have for you in this episode but yeah so what's been going on recently how is everybody doing how are you doing most of all you can go ahead and answer and i'll pretend like i'm listening yes that does suck good congratulations that's good yeah it's good to hear anyways that's enough for that cringe um but yeah i don't know if you've been seeing on tiktok recently the whole banning i guess the congressional uh meeting or committee or whatever that's going on with that um chinese guy that the ceo of tiktok how was his name Shang Chu, I think it was. Fuck, what if I'm racism? Sorry. <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, he. It's pretty interesting to see what's been going on, especially um, as a person that uses TikTok. I honestly am just surprised at how much has been going on with it because if you think about it, a lot of the questions that are being asked to the CEO of TikTok is a lot of the things that our apps our social media apps at least already do facebook has been widely known to uh take our data and sell it to third-party companies that essentially gather your data and uh look at what you do on your phone and then try to basically get advertisements to sell to you based off of your personality that you have on your phone so technically a lot of the american companies already do that instagram i know i'm on that platform and it already i already know that it does do that already it already takes your data and so i think what i've been getting a lot in a lot of my uh tiktoks i've been seeing a lot of people make the claim and i'll be honest 100 percent, i do believe in that that the claim is that the reason why 
the U.S. is trying to ban TikTok is because they don't have control over what is being shown, what type of information is being shown on that. And to play devil's advocate, I can kind of see both sides about that, but I still feel I lean more towards that. So basically, Congress is essentially saying that they feel that TikTok is, since it's a third party uh, company, which is owned by China, they want to take our data and probably use it for nefarious purposes. And what I and a lot of other people that seem to share the same sentiment, at least that I've seen on TikTok, believe the reason why they're doing this is because a lot of the information that is going out there can be bad and misleading and misinformation. I mean, we see all the time with the conspiracy theories around QAnon. That was a big proponent on Facebook um, that was going on a lot because Facebook was actually because uh, if you remember a few years back, Mark Zuckerberg, the owner of Facebook, which is now known as Meta, he was um, being questioned because they felt like he was his company was putting stories out there tailored to what you were looking for in the political spectrum. So if you were if you consider yourself like a Republican. They were simply just putting out a bunch of stuff and propaganda surrounding Republicans, but like Democrats being bad and then vice versa. So there was if you were aligning Democratic, then they were sending you stuff about Republicans look to make them look bad. So it was just a big propaganda scheme and all this stuff. And that is kind of somewhat true. That was what was happening. There's actually a documentary about it, too, on Netflix, if you want to check it out. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it is a documentary about social media as a whole and everything. But back to the topic of the TikTok ban and everything. But uh, the same uh, sentiment that I share with a lot of people that I see on those videos is that it's because Congress just doesn't have control over the information that is being put out there. And they don't like that. They don't want... Uh, just like Cord, uh, Cord, just like George Carlin said it best, they, George Carlin said that they don't want a nation of free thinkers. They don't want people that are capable of critical thinking because they want slave wages. They want slave wagers. They want people to be uneducated as possible because they don't want you to continue on. And you know they they I mean you know every they, ants need small workers and they know their place and that's just what it is and that's what they want. They don't want people to get information to better themselves because we need slave uh, wagers. Low-income people who are smart enough to be able to push the buttons or sign the checks or sign the pieces of paper that need to be signed, but not smart enough to want to better themselves and do better in their life. And that's what I feel is really what's going on with this whole TikTok ban. I know that seems like a very far stretch, but if you truly think about it, I feel like that's what it is, because if you look at it in the way our society is being run currently, this system is flawed and it does not work. It does not work whatsoever. Uh, The public education system is terrible because look at it. Why do you think that there's teachers going on strike currently if in L.A., if you live in California, that whole teacher strike that's going on? There's a reason for that. They don't want us to be educated. They don't want us to. They teach us a lot about a lot of stuff in school that's really not that I feel is important. There are things that are important, obviously math, because you need to know numbers, 
So like I said, they teach you enough to be educated to the point where you're able to push the button or follow that simple task and direction to keep doing the same mundane task over and over and over. So I think that's just what it all comes down to, you know? So we're beholden to the government of just simply working our, you know, minimal jobs and stuff like that. But yeah, so they just don't want the information to get out there. You know, they want to be able to control what's being put out there, you know, to push their agenda or push their narrative, whatever it is, what whatever it is that they want to do. So yeah, that's that whole little rant that I have going on for the whole TikTok thing. But let's get actual, actually into the meat of the episode of This Week in Crime. So uh, again, big thank you to Rocky the Collector for sending me all these articles, uh, and I'm choosing all the best ones that I feel are very interesting or just fucking weird. And so let's get to the first one. So the first one that we have is Colorado dentist charged with first degree murder in wife's poisoning death. He ra- he was raised better than this, said a family friend of Jay's, James Tolver Craig, who is accused of killing his wife of 23 years. Angela Craig. So a Colorado dentist accused of killing his wife by poisoning her protein shakes was formally charged Thursday as a family friend said she was shocked to learn about his double life. That's fucking insane. Uh, By the way, I got this uh, news article. Well, technically I didn't get it, but Rocky the Collector got this news article from NBC News. Um, So prosecutors filed a first degree murder charge against James Tolver or Tolliver, I believe it is, Craig in Arapo County District Court accusing him of having laced Angela Craig's drinks with arsenic and cyanide. Jesus. Police allege an arrest warrant that Craig, 45, a dentist in Aurora, killed his wife to work on a, starting a new life with another woman. Jesus, it's always, it's always that, isn't it? <laughs> Police allege in an arrest warrant that Craig, 45, a de- I just read that, didn't I? In Aurora, killed his wife. Uh, Angela Craig, a mother of six, was pronounced brain dead on Saturday. That sucks. She had gone to the hospital three days before complaining of a severe headache and dizziness. The third time she had been to the hospital in less than two weeks, according to the arrest warrant for her husband. That afternoon, she had a severe seizure and began to decline rapidly, according to the arrest warrant. She was eventually placed on life support and died, unfortunately. She was remembered in her obituary as having an unbounded sense of humor and quick wit, and as someone who used her gifts to elevate those around her, especially her children. She was also active in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, filling multiple positions, including choir, director, teacher, youth, organization leader, and family history consultant, the obituary said. Aang's most endearing trait was showing up to everything, family and friends, weddings, funerals, graduations, baptisms, birthdays, celebrations, reunions, service projects, holiday celebrations, the obituary said. She made sure to always be where she was needed, which is why she's still doing now, which is what she's still doing now. And is now and will be forever missed. So, Jesus, she was pretty, uh, probably pretty well loved, and that sucks. Laura Packard, a friend of the family whose husband grew up with James Craig in Kansas, said Angela was a great mom who was supportive of her children and her husband of 23 years, as well as an active member of her church and her community. She said that she had not been aware of marital problems between the couple and that the two seemed happy when we were around. And, you know, that's pretty interesting because I have heard a lot of people, especially on podcasts like relationship podcasts and stuff, like some of the podcasts I've had listened to about relationships. They usually kind of say that in general about relationships that for the relationships of people who kind of show off the relationship a lot, like 
I don't know how to explain it. Like the way they said is like everything has to be in moderation. And if you do too much of something, it kind of seems like you're covering something up or you're kind of compensating for something. And so what they basically said was that uh, I can't remember the name of the podcast, but what they said was that they from their experience, it could be totally anecdotal, which means that it's just only what they've experienced. But a lot of their friendships, uh, they notice in their relationships that the ones that were doing the worst were the ones that were constantly like very lovey-dovey and very like, you know, in that honeymoon phase, if you will. And they were just very like uh, constantly like posting each other on social media because that's what it is now when it is when you're in a relationship is if you constantly post each other and stuff like that. We're actually overcompensating. We're actually a lot more miserable and they tended to either divorce or break up is what they were saying. And in a way, I do kind of see that and I do kind of believe that. So that is kind of interesting to um, notice that, um, you know, because as this article was saying that the Craigs were seemed like on the surface, like a very loving, like working relationship, almost picture perfect. But in reality, it was anything but because uh, he was secretly, you know, having an affair and starting to plan his new life with the other woman that he was sleeping with or trying to be with. And that's fucking crazy. So yeah, that's the first article that I have for you. Uh, the next article that I'm going to be discussing is pretty fucking crazy. Uh, thank you again to Rocky the Collector. But this one is coming from NPR.org. Uh, six doctors swallowed Lego heads for science. And here's what came out of it. Okay. So when Dr. Andy Tag was a toddler, he swallowed a Lego piece. Actually, two stuck together. I thought, well, just put it in your mouth and try and get your teeth between the little pieces, he says. The next thing he knew, it went down the hatch. As an emergency physician at Western Health in Melbourne, Australia, Andy says he meets a lot of anxious parents whose children succumb to this impulse. The vast majority of kids, like Andy, simply pass the object through their stool within a day or so. Still, Andy wondered whether there was a way to spare parents from needless worry. Sure, you can reassure parents one by one that they probably don't need to come to the emergency room, or worse yet, dig through their kids' poop in search of the everyday object. But Andy and five other pediatricians wondered, is there a way to get this message out through science? Six doctors devised an experiment and published the results. Each of them swallowed a Lego head, says science, uh, science journalist Sabrina Im Imbler, I believe is how you pronounce that, it's I-M-B-L-E-R, who wrote about the experiment for the defector. They wanted to basically see how long it took to swallow and excrete a plastic toy. So simply, <laughs> they wanted to swallow a Lego head just to see how long it would take for them to shit it out, to, to be so crude and in layman terms. Recently, Sabrina sat down with shortwave scientists and resident Regina G. Barber. I'm so fucking immature because I'm smiling like crazy trying to read this <laughs> because these grown adults <laughs> swallowed a Lego head just to simply see how long it would take for them to shit it out. That means they literally like how did they how did how was that process going where like did they shit in the toilet at all or did they just simply shit in their hand and kind of rummage through it every time to see if there was a little lego head <laughs> oh my god i'm so immature anyways uh recently sabrina sat down with shortwave scientists and residents regina g barber to chart the journey of six lego heads and what came out on the other side the study excluded three criteria a previous uh, gastrointestinal surgery, the inability to ingest foreign objects, and number three, an aversion, an aversion to searching through fecal matter, the shortwave team's favorite. 
That's fucking gross. <laughs> so researchers then measured the time it took for the gulped Lego heads to be passed. The time interval was given a found and retrieved time. Oh my god. It's an abbreviation. <laughs> okay, so the time in interval was given a found and retrieved time, which they they acronymed it FART, which is the FART score, okay? Found and retrieved time. So they basically <laughs> abbreviated... Oh my god, I'm so fucking immature. <laughs> Andy Tag and his collaborators also wanted to raise awareness about a few types of objects that are, in fact, hazardous to kids if swallowed. An important one is button batteries, the small round wafer-shaped batteries often found in, elect in electronic toys. Um, those type of batteries are those little circular ones. Often you can find them, um, I've always kind of known them as like watch batteries because they're more commonly found in watches, especially digital watches. Uh, so they're, those are those little circular uh, batteries. Yeah, I don't know. Fun fact about that, I guess. <laughs> button batteries can actually burn through an esophagus in a couple of hours, says Imbler. So they're very, very dangerous, very different from swallowing a coin or a Lego head. Yeah, I've always heard about that. So that's pretty crazy. So yeah, that's that interesting. I thought it was pretty funny and I, I thought it was really good to listen to. I mean, to read. <laughs> so that was a really good article to read. But yeah, I can't believe that. That's It's for science, I guess you can say. They swallowed a Lego head. Uh, six scientists, by the way, swallowed the Lego head piece and uh, basically recorded how long it took to shit it out and they rummaged through it to make sure that they uh, found it so this next article that i have is from the new york post uh again it's coming from rocky the collector a big thank you to him because he made this uh episode possible because i'll be honest with you i i'm starting i started work again i started working again and so uh, i worked from 7 to 3 30 and uh trying to figure out uh, like basically i was going to pack all the research on into today which is saturday which is when i'm recording this episode so doing all that research and, and trying to run around for trying to find all the articles that I want was going to be kind of a bitch to do. Um, so big thank you to Rocky the Collector. So the next article is pigeon busted wearing drug smuggling backpack at another prison. <laughs> so the pigeons are starting to go into jail. But I remember seeing like a good while a meme that supposedly pigeons are just basically the government dr spy drones. <laughs> I always fucking love that because there's like a, a, a kind of a little somewhat growing movement because I don't know if people were being serious or they're just being facetious, <laughs> but it was just, it, I just thought it was really funny because it's it, it, like a lot of the TikTok videos that I was getting, uh, they were, they seemed like they were pretty serious about it, but like in a way where you kind of think it's like being um, sarcastic. So a second pigeon wearing a tiny makeshift backpack, presumably meant for smuggling drugs, was found inside a British Columbia prison recently. The incident occurred nearly two months after another bird was found carrying crystal meth, Jesus, at a neighboring prison. <laughs> Officers found a pigeon wearing a backpack possibly made out of cut up jeans inside the Mesquite Institution in Abbotsford on February 27th during a routine search. John Randall, the Pacific Regional President of the United of the Union for Canadian Correctional Officers, confirmed to the Post on Thursday. And so from what officers described, it was blue jeans for the pouch and what appeared to be bed sheets for securing it to the pigeon, Randall said. The Absford Police Department also confirmed that they are investigating an incident from February 21st that involves a pigeon but cannot give the Post any further information. Randall said that the bird's backpack was empty, leading prison guards to believe that the bird was in training. 
He added that the bird may have entered the medium security prison through an open window or through one of its recreation yards where inmates can spend time outside. The union believes that inmates use old blue jeans or bed sheets to make the backpacks for the birds. Recruiting homing pigeons to smuggle drugs into prison is an old school technique that has been used for decades due to their ability to fly long distances and return to return to their sender. Recently, the officers union has seen more drones being used to smuggle drugs. Oh, so they are using like those uh, remote control drones. I want one of those so bad. Those look so cool because sometimes I see videos of those shits and those look fucking awesome. Like they're able to just fly them so fast and go through like uh, abandoned buildings that I've seen. So those are pretty cool. And I would love to use those to like like make skits of like aerial shots and shit like that. That'd be fucking dope. Anyways, recruiting home pigeons to smuggle... Oh, I've already read that part. Recently, the officers' union has seen more drones being used to smuggle drugs. A pigeon in itself can only carry a small amount of drugs where the drone can carry 10 or 20 times more what a pigeon could at any given time. So the drones are still our biggest priority, but this is just sort of a bit of a curveball as far as detecting stuff from coming into the infusion contraband. Back in December, a carrier pigeon was detained at the Pacific Institution Correctional Facility near Vancouver after it was discovered to be carrying a backpack that contained crystal meth. That's fucking awesome. The question is, did either pigeon land in the right spot or did they land in the wrong spot? Adding that the union and police agents have great concern for the bird's unpredictability. He was especially worried about those wildcard variances with using a live animal versus a human-controlled drone. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. So the next time you probably see a pigeon flying by, they look and see if they have a fucking backpack on. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. But that's not uncommon to have carrier pigeons because, you know, if you know your history back in World War II, they use a lot of carrier pigeons to get messages across, um, you know, the country back in uh, in Europe when they were fighting over there. So that was it's kind of cool if you kind of, you know, old technology still works somehow. So this next article I have is pretty crazy and it's a pretty shocking one, too. So uh, it's titled My Hair Clipped Lodged Into My Head in a Car Crash. Thought I was going to die. Jenna Panzar, I believe is how you say her name. Panzar? Panzar? We'll say Panzar. Jenna Panzar, uh, Panzar <laughs> said she was wearing her hair in a new claw clip. Uh, she was wearing her hair in a claw clip when she was injured in a dramatic car crash on January 24th. Now she's advising people to eschew the popular hair accessory, at least while driving. The 19-year-old British student teacher claims she was driving 50 miles per hour on a foggy country road where the speed limit was 60 miles per hour when her car hit a tree before skidding and flipping over, crushing her head against the roof. Panzar said the claw clip jammed into the back of her head until most of all of it lodged skull deep into her flesh. It's sad to say, but I kind of thought I was going to die, Panzar, who hails from uh, Derbyshire, England, or Derbyshire, England. <laughs> and so they're showing some pictures, so I'm probably going to include these on the Instagram uh, my Instagram, if you follow Strange Talk Podcast, so you can kind of get some of those pictures. That's pretty fucking crazy. Uh, they're not showing any of the damage. She's kind of just here and uh, bandaged up, but her eye is severely swollen. Uh, so that is fucking crazy. Uh, she explained the combination of the clip and the car roof left her in shock. When the car started crashing, the claw clip wedged into the back of my head. Then the car roof clamped down into my head. So it was a joint effort from both. 
It was just really painful if you've ever worn a clip claw and forgotten to take it out and lay down on your back. It's that pressure and that discomfort. I have no idea what that discomfort is, but I can't imagine. I imagine it's uncomfortable. <laughs> Panzar said she uh, crawled out of her car's shattered window before flagging down a driver in a passing vehicle and passing out. She said she regained consciousness to find concerned passerbys had called her parents and paramedics who drove her to Queens Medical Center in Nottingham, where a nurse removed the claw clip. When I arrived at the hospital, a female nurse was like, oh, that's probably really painful. She turned me over and then took it out. Panzer recounted the events. Photos of Panzar show a 30 centimeter wound running from the back of her skull, of her scalp, to her left eyebrow, which she says she's not able to move even six weeks after the crash because of muscle damage in her forehead. That's insane. Because I work in a school, I keep my hair up in a claw clip at the back because I can't be bothered to brush it, she noted. I didn't know wearing a claw clip while driving was a problem until I had the accident. It was definitely, it has definitely deterred me from wearing claw clips. Oh, so she has a pretty uh, gnarly uh, scar from the claw clip uh, from the picture, but she actually still looks pretty. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's just me being a fucking piece of shit as always. Uh, she said she stayed in the hospital for three days, so her skull clip wound could be cleaned and stitched up. Panzar is hoping people will avoid wearing claw clips while driving and opt out for an an elastic hair tie instead now i've seen it's happened to other people too so i'm part of a rare handful of people in this world who have experienced that she claimed don't wear a claw clip whatsoever when driving if you want to tie your hair up just use a rubber band that's <laughs> that's insane so uh so ladies uh for everybody for all the uh lovely ladies that listen to uh strange talk podcast make sure that if you're wearing a claw clip in your hair that you uh, remember to take it out when you're driving because it could happen to you, you know, and don't ever uh, don't ever fall into that way of thinking of like, oh, it'll, it can't happen to me because all it just needs is that one time for it to just happen. And then it's and it's if and if it's you, then it happened to you. So remember, be careful with driving with claw clips. Uh, so the last article that I have for this segment of this week in crime is Idaho cult mom coming from Fox News Channel. Com. I know, boo, Fox News Channel, because the Republican owned, but who cares? Uh, it's an interesting article still, nonetheless. Idaho cult mom Lori Vallow no longer facing possibility of death penalty if convicted as trial looms. I have no idea what this was about originally. I didn't know who Lori Vallow was, but apparently Lori Vallow, the Idaho woman accused of murdering her two children and her husband's late wife, no longer faces the possibility of the death penalty if she is convicted at trial next month. Prosecutors notified the court that they would seek the death penalty last May, writing in a motion that the murders were especially heinous, atrocious, or cruel, and that the Vallow exhibited utter disregard for human life. Defense attorneys for Vallow filed a counter motion to dismiss the death penalty earlier this month, telling the judge that the media coverage of the case could taint the jury pool. The defendant has a mental illness that is known to the court. The prosecution has committed multiple discovery violations and Idaho doesn't have chemicals to execute death row inmates. So yeah, if you didn't know, there's uh, there's what, two ways? Uh, I don't think we do uh, um, execution by gunfire anymore. I don't think that's a thing that we do, or at least maybe in Russia they do that shit or maybe China. But um, yeah, I don't think the U.S. does that. I think the only two ways of uh, just uh, execution that we do still... Uh, 
have is electrical chair and lethal injection. I don't even know if we do gas chamber executions anymore. I know we used to, but uh, I believe that stopped. And the only two uh, forms of execution is simply just lethal injection and uh, electric chair, as I said. So Vallow and her husband, Chad Daybell, have pleaded not guilty to murder, conspiracy, and grand theft charges related to the December, uh, September, sorry, not December, but September 2019 deaths of Vallow's two children, seven-year-old Joshua J.J. Vallow and 17-year-old Tylee Ryan, as well as the October 2019 death of Dable's late wife, Tammy Dable. The couple were originally going to be tried together, but the judge ordered their cases to be split on March 3rd. Lori's trial is set to begin on April 3rd after several delays. The case has spawned multiple true crime television series and garnered national attention due to its bizarre circumstances and the beliefs of the defendants. I've never heard of this case, so it's pretty interesting. I want to look into this a little bit more. Vello reportedly believed that she was a god assigned to carry out the work of 144,000 at Christ's second coming in July of 2020. According to court documents from a previous divorce, while Daybell authored multiple apocalyptic novels loosely based on Mormon theology. So they were Mormons, and so she, again, religion. I know it's not religion's fault, it's just kind of the people that take it too far and take it too serious, I guess. You know, <laughs> it's their fault. But yeah, again, uh, religion kind of seems to have a pattern here, folks. So the couple allegedly collected the social security benefits for Valo's two children after murdering them in October of 2019. The children were missing for several months until their remains were found buried on Dable's property in Idaho after family members raised concerns about their whereabouts. Vallow and Daybell has slipped away to Hawaii in early 2020. Vallow is separately facing charges in Arizona for the alleged July 2019 murder of her ex-husband, Charles Vallow. So, wow, that's pretty crazy. I didn't know about that. But, uh, so she's still going to... I mean, no matter what, she's still facing, she's not going to be scot-free. She's still going to probably most likely face, uh, excuse me, uh, prison time. And she will, you know, in a sense, probably rot. So that's pretty crazy. That That's interesting to see that that's what's, I didn't know about this case at all. So she was a cult mom. Uh, I guess they say cult because Mormonism is kind of like a cult. No offense to anybody who's Mormon out there. But, I mean, we all have our bad apples and everything. You know, we have uh, good people in there that are just, you know, doing the best they can and just following it the way they should. You know, but there's always going to be a few bad apples, you know, in the bunch. But that's pretty crazy. So that's going to be it for this episode of uh, This Week in Crime. Uh, Stay tuned for next Monday's episode, which is going to (laughs) be... Jim Jones and so the cult of the uh, People's Temples Church I think it was called or the People's Temples Church of Jim Jones some shit like that but yes it's the Jonestown Massacre we're going to be discussing him I had planned to do this episode like a long time ago uh, two years back I think I started writing it out and then I never finished it and then you know I started falling back into my depression and everything and I hate to throw that excuse out there but it is one so yes finally we're gonna get to that episode i'm currently writing a script for it i'm getting all the research and doing all the little finding all the facts and doing and honestly (laughs) i am trying out uh chat gpt to write a script for that episode specifically so part of it's gonna be scripted from chat gpt and then i'm gonna have um 
you know, mixed with a little bit of my script that I'm writing out. But yeah, so that's going to be next Monday's episode is going to be the Jonestown Massacre of when Jim Jones led, I believe it was 990 people to their death uh, because he just became what started out with good intentions. He just became mad with power and he became very paranoid and ordered his followers to commit a mass suicide so yeah that's gonna be monday's episode so it's gonna be fucking epic so yes thank you guys for listening to this uh, episode of this week in crime stay tuned for monday and um as always if you guys can do me a favor and support the show if you can't support it by donating or um helping me out by you know continuing this show and you know getting a little bit of money but yes please listen to the ads i'm sponsored by spotify currently so that's fucking awesome. Uh, go ahead and check it out. Spotify for podcasters. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, go check out Spotify for podcasters because yes, I am sponsored by them because of this podcast. And you guys, every time you listen to that ad, I make a little bit of money. You know, It's not much, but hey, it's better than not making any money. So I can't believe that I'm, that's made possible by you guys by listening to this episode. But yeah, so um, yeah, that can really help me out too. If you can't donate or, you know, support the show with actual money you know you can always support the show by telling your friends and family about strange talk podcast because without you guys the listeners this show would be nothing so thank you for listening to today's episode again and as always stay fucking strange thank you for listening i love you bye bye